on up on this preacher tonight in this prayer. Let's magnify him. For the Lord is good. You are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. Oh, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised tonight. Come on, magnify him. Lift your voice and shout to the Lord for he's great. He's great. God is able. God is able. God is able. Amen. Amen. Turn to two or three people and tell them God is able to do anything. He is able to do anything. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. We're so glad everyone that has gathered out on this Wednesday evening. From what they tell me, it's going to be 70 degrees by the end of the week. Somebody's been praying. <laughs> Somebody's been praying. And the shorter my hair gets, I don't mind 70 degrees. But we're so glad that you're here tonight. So glad for Brother Jones going to preach to us. Amen. He works in so many capacities, helping in so many different areas. I know he and his family have been helping Brother Nehemiah and McConnellsville and everything from painting walls and fixing walls, just working around the church, soundboards and things, just unlimited here often during the week, just working. But we appreciate that about Brother Jones. Amen. Amen. We want him to come and preach the word of the Lord tonight. Would you welcome him as he comes? Praise the Lord, church. Thank Brother Bounds for this opportunity. Thank this church for being receptive to different ministers coming to this pulpit. You know, sometimes it's not the easiest thing for a minister to get up here and preach but this church makes it very welcoming you get behind the ministers and that's much appreciated I want to go ahead and get into the word tonight a couple of scriptures to start with Matthew 28 and 18 it says Jesus came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and earth Mark 11 22 through 26 and Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I send you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you for your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Lord, I pray you touch today, Lord. Let somebody hear your word. Use me to speak your word. God, let, let us just be receptive. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. going off notes in an iPad, so just give me one second. I always like to have a backup. So, the title of the message tonight I came up with is Jesus is the answer. And, of course, I'm going to go with 97% of this church is Ohio State fans, so we all understand 
the significance of the, the Ohio State University. You know, for some reason, we have to be the specific, we have to capitalize it and everything. But in this instance, Jesus isn't just an answer. He is the answer for whatever you have. Whatever you need, he's the answer. I, I don't care what your problem is, what your need is. He's the answer for you. He's the answer for me. It, it's, he's everything to everybody at every time. So I looked up what is an answer. And it, you know, everybody knows what an answer is. It's you ask something, you get an answer. But there was two definitions right off the bat. And one is your typical, a spoken or written reply or response to a, per, or a question, request, or letter. So somebody just answers you. When you ask them a question, they give you, they will reply to you. But the one that really jumped out to me was a correct response to a question asked. So when we come to God, we're not just wanting an answer. We're wanting the answer. The correct answer to the prayer we've come to him with, to the need we have, to the desire we have. We want what's correct. But with that, that correct answer might not be the answer you've had in your mind. The answer that you've already laid out for God and said, well, you know, I, I need this, but I want it this way. That you can pretty much expect that it's not going to be that way. It's going to be the way that God wants it, and you have to be willing to accept that. So in order to really have confidence in an answer, you not even only need to have knowledge, but a certain level of faith. You have to believe that what you know is true and it's certain. This is giving an answer, like taking a test. You have to have the knowledge. You have to be certain. You have to be ready. I know this. But we don't know this when we go to God. We, we're going to him. He has all the answers. We don't. That's why we're going to him. That's why we're looking for an answer. And we have to have the faith to say, God, I, I believe that you're going to give it to me. But I've got to be willing to accept it the way you give it to me. So when receiving an answer, you have to trust on the one you're asking for a response. You're asking in faith, believing the answer will be correct. So I, I wanted to give a little example. So not everybody knows, I'm an EMT firefighter. One of the hardest things I did was went and took a national registry test to become an EMT. And this goes along with answering. So when you go take this test, I've studied, I've went through classes. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know this, not a problem. What they didn't tell you is this test is set up that if you pass the first time, you're going to get between a 70 and a 75, guaranteed. That's it. They don't want you to score higher than that. They want you to feel like you have absolutely no clue what you did. And that's how I felt when I left. So <laughs> every question left you more confused than the last. So th this isn't an actual question. I made up a question just to show you, you know, how this goes. But this relates 
to when you're trying to pick out your own answer, how it can get so confusing. So, mind you, I took 150 of these questions, and every one was just like this. So by the time I was done, I was done. So here's the question. You see a person struggling to per push a cart across the street. What is the correct intervention? In every one of these questions, multiple choice. You have four answers. This is exactly like I seen. So A, you can assist them by pushing their cart. You can assist them by pulling their cart. You can assist them by pushing their cart with their assistance. Or you can assist them by pulling the cart with their assistance. One's right. Which one? I had 150 of these. So, with that being said, you can see how so many people fail this on the first time. Nothing's clear. Nothing's defined. One is correct. I still don't know which one. <laughs> All I know is I passed it that first time, and I was so happy I never had Well, I did have to take it again to become an instructor, and I had to pass with an 80 that time. Even more stress. <laughs> but you're set up to fail. You, they want to just boggle your mind. They want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt you know what you're doing. So, you know, God didn't mean for us to fail. He doesn't want us to get by on 70 to 75%. He wants us to have the 100%. But in return, he wants your 100%. And I've found already since we've started this media fast, within a few days, it's, it's amazing. It, it is. And if you haven't started, I highly encourage you to start into this because just within two to three days, your mind just starts getting back in tune to where it needs to be because you're giving your 100% again. You can't run on 70%. You, know, you cannot do it. So, and like I said, I had to take that test again. They changed the process. I was like, great, don't have to do this again. Now the new process is you sit down behind a computer, no defined amount of questions, you just start taking a test. If you start failing a section, they give you more questions in that section. And once at a given time, the computer shuts off and you're done. So you've either got enough correct to pass or you've got enough wrong to fail and they don't tell you. And you can't go back and change your questions either. You cannot go back and look at your old answers. That was, but you don't know. You're going blind. So thankfully God doesn't do that to us. He doesn't leave us blind. He will give us the answer as long as we're in tune, listen, and have faith that it's his will. And we've got to pray for his will. Because if you just pray, God, I need this, I want this, I want it this way, it, it doesn't work like that. You can't have it your way. God has a way to do things, and we don't understand it. We just have to have faith and believe and know that it's going to happen. John 3 and 16, everybody knows this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But it goes on in 17, it says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but the world through him might be saved. So, I mean, we always just go with John 3.16, and you always see it at football games, but they don't go on, you know, they just say, you know, God, you know, we believe in you. I don't want to perish, but they don't go on to show that he didn't just send his son in the world, you know, to condemn the world. That's what, you know, that we're saved. God's not here to condemn people like the world will, well, I don't want to go to church because I can't do this and I can't do that. That's not it. God God wants us to come so he can love us, help us, give us the answer we need. We're not going to find an answer in the world. We're not going to find an answer out there anywhere. It's just not there. Also, God's going to allow us to make choices in our lives that might not be the best. You know, we have free will. God will let you make a choice. You have to live with that choice. And when you're running on that 70, 75%, you're going to make some choices that maybe you shouldn't make. And he'll give us boundaries. He'll set fences up. He'll set voices in your life. He'll put people where they need to be throwing red flags all over the place. You just have to see them. You have to recognize them and be ready to say, whoa, you know, okay, yeah, I see that. I got. But if you're running on that 70, 75, your vision's going to be clouded. Your judgment's going to be clouded. You, you have to be full. Just like right now, I mean, like I said, with this media fast, it's, it's amazing. I, I can't, just the last few days, that's why I can't quit talking about it. It's just, it's hit me so awesomely. So... But with free will in mind, um, I just wanted to give a little story here about a young man. He, he was raised in church, loved the church, loved his pastor, loved working around the church. He's always making sure he's involved in everything he could. Work days, played music, cut grass, prayer meetings, anything he could do, he would do it. Pastor asked me to do something, he was there. No complaints, happy, joyous, happy to be part of the kingdom. Looked the part of the perfect Christian. But slowly over time, little things here and there started distracting. Just taking little bits of time here and there. And, you know, back in the day, it wasn't Facebook because it wasn't around. It wasn't Instagram or whatever. But there's always something. It doesn't matter what time, what age, what era you were raised in. There was always something that could get you. Always something grabbing for your attention more so than God. But through all this, through getting away from prayer, getting away from fasting, he still went to church, still played the part, because he didn't want to look like he wasn't holy. But yet he still you know, wanted to try things out. And it made it easier every time. The more things chipped away, the more things went away. The more God went away out of his heart. The whole time, God was still there waiting for him. You know, this young man had a calling on his life, but he was ignoring it, didn't want to face it, didn't want to be a part of it. Just, you know, I'll do it in my time, God. That doesn't work. God doesn't work on your time at any time. It's his time from the beginning. Eventually, 
through all this. He leaves the church, starts doing things he never thought he'd do. Drinking, playing music in bars. You know, but the whole time, it's always in the back of his head. I shouldn't be here. This isn't where God wants me. But you learn to tone that out. You learn to just take an extra drink and it's gone. You learn to just, I'll just go do, I'll go to a game. I'll do something. I'll watch some, something on TV and it'll just block it out of my mind. It'll just numb me. And that's all it is. It's just a numbing. But through all this, you know, there's times where divorce becomes close, fighting with his wife. He was miserable. You know, he would listen to the radio, change the stations in the car, driving down the road. Every time he'd come upon the Christian station, he'd have to turn it quick because he would immediately break down because he knew. Just the mention, just the sound of a gospel song would just shatter him to his core, just immediately break down. But even through all this, God was still there with the answer. God's always got the answer. Eventually, through different situations, he was asked to contact an old pastor. So he did that. And it was that moment he knew it's going to start. This is the time. And through that contact, through a miracle that God performed because of that contact, things unfolded and that young man came back. That young man standing right here behind this pulpit tonight. I never thought that I would have the chance to stand behind a pulpit and preach God's word when I left the church. I never intended it. It just happened through little things, little pains, little things that I took wrong or little things that I could have maybe confronted right off the bat, but I didn't. But God still had the answer. It it took a little bit of time, but God still has that answer. God will clearly define your answer. I I knew it was coming. I knew it eventually was going to happen. I didn't have the time frame. I didn't know when. God did, and he does it for a reason. And I still don't know the exact reason. I still don't know the exact time frame of what could happen. But I know I'm here. I know my family's here. And that's what matters. No matter... You know, if I get behind this pulpit ever again, that doesn't matter. What matters, my family's sitting over here. You know, they're involved in church. What more could I ask for? You know, to see my family saved, it's it's worth it. It's worth it all. But you have to open up your mind and your heart. Have faith that God has your best interest in mind. You can be seated. When God gives you your answer... You have to act on it in faith. Just like bread needs yeast to rise and be complete, your prayer for an answer needs faith 
to be complete. You can't expect it to come out right without the incorrect ingredients. If you don't put that yeast in your bread, it's not going to rise. If you don't put that faith in your prayer, it's not going to rise. It's going nowhere. You have to believe. You have to have God in it at all times. We, we need not to ask God why. It, it, it's not a why thing. We don't need to go to God, why is my family member not saved? Why do I have to go through this? We don't need to know why. We don't need an explanation from God. We just need his answer. That's all we need. There's nothing, there's no, there's no explanation on why I left church and came back. I don't need to know why. I just know through his answer, I'm here. That, that's all that matters. There, there's no reason for an explanation. So if the media people are ready, I've got, I'm going to run through some scriptures here in a fairly fast pace to close. If, if you'd all stand the music, get ready. I, this might not be as fast as I think it will, but we'll see. But these are a few things that tells you God has the answer for you. It doesn't matter what your question is, what your need is. It's in the Bible. God, God has something for your answer. So when you say, I can't figure it out, God says, I will direct your steps in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. When you say, I'm too tired, he says, I'll give you rest. Matthew 11, 28, and 30. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you say it's impossible, all things are possible. Luke 18, 27. He said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Nobody loves me. God says, I love you, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When you think it's not worth it, God says it will be worth it. In Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no con condemnation to them which are in Christ who walk not after flesh, but after the spirit. When you say, I'm not smart enough, he says, I'll give you wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1 and 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. When you say, I can't go on, he says, my grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. When you say I'm not able, he says I am able. 1 Corinthians sorry, 9 and 8. For God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. When you say I can't do it, you can do all things. You know, we've all been there. We say, I can't do it. I can't go on. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You say, I can't manage. 
He says, I will supply all your needs. Philippians 4 and 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When you say, I'm afraid, I have not given you to fear. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when you feel all alone, I will never leave you. Hebrews 13 and 5. Let your conversion be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. All you have to do is look in this book. Just crack it open. There's an answer for whatever you need in here. Anything you need. It doesn't matter. If you've got a drug addiction, if you've got marriage problems, if you've got loneliness, if you feel depressed, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, work issues, there's an answer in here. You can find it. God doesn't hide it from us. It's all right here in the instruction manual. It's right there for you. But all we have to do is pray in faith that God will give us the answer. That's all we need is the answer. Like I said, we don't need an explanation. We don't need reasoning. You're not going to reason with God. I mean, I've got a 15-year-old boy that tries to reason with me. I mean, it's the same concept. He hasn't realized he can't reason with me. I have realized I can't reason with God. I'm just going to do what he tells me to do. We're just hoping for the best for the other one. But if you have a need tonight, let's look at it, you know, Maybe tweak your thinking a little bit. Look at how you've been coming to God about it. Have I been going asking, God, why? why? Why is this happening? Why me, God? Why my family? Why my job situation? Instead of doing why, God, just say, just give me the answer, God. I'm I'm willing to hear your answer. I don't care how you present it to me. I don't care how it comes. It's how you want that answer to come to me. And if anybody has a special need tonight, I feel like, you know, if you've got something deeply, deeply, troubling you, if you've got a special, special need, I'd like you to come first tonight. Get up here close and then let the church get behind you. And as a church body, you know, we can lift you up, encourage each other. But there, there's needs here tonight. There's never a time you come to church without a need. It, you're, you just will not. That's why the church is here. We're, we're a hospital. We're a mending place. We're here for people searching for answers. And just because you're a seasoned saint doesn't mean you have all the answers. There's going to be things that you just don't know. There, there's going to be days 
you're just confused. God, I, I, I don't know what's going on, but I need you. I need an answer. And not just an answer. That's the difference. You can't just say, God, I need an answer. Well, anybody can just give you an answer. It doesn't mean it's right. You can ask me what color the sky is, and I can tell you, well, it's purple. It, it's orange. Well, that we know that's not true, but it's an answer. But you have to get the right answer from God. And by your faith, you will find the answer. So I just ask if we could all come tonight. If you have a special need, come, come up to the front. Let the ministers pray for you. Let the church get behind you.